1: Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. If you're looking for entertainment that will lift you up and leave you inspired, I want to encourage you to go to SalemNow.com and watch Poor to CEO, The Incredible Journey of Herman Kane. Herman was beloved by all in his rise from humble beginnings to CEO of Godfather Pizza. You add to that a presidential run, a victorious battle over cancer, a flourishing career in radio. He was an amazing man whose life embodied the values we strive to live and pass along to our kids and grandkids. Belief in God, the power of personal responsibility, strong education, hard work, living each day with a thankful heart. Porta CEO is one of the most inspirational, entertaining films, and you can get it right now at SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Make sure to use the word The promo code PHOENIX to save 20%. Promo code PHOENIX. Watch Porta CEO, the Herman Cain story, at SalemNow.com. A lot to cover, a lot to do. William Barr has resigned as Attorney General. (laughs) He'll be tidying up over the next couple of days and then out before Christmas, it looks like. Excuse me. (coughs) Sorry. And um, I have his letter of resignation, which is interesting, too, I want to share with you. We'll get to all of that and your calls, starting with Doug in Maricopa. Hi, Doug.
0: Hi, Seth. How the heck are you? I'm pretty well, sir. How are you? I'm doing the same. I'm doing the same. A I always have to eight.
1: clarify. Sometimes I do cough a little. It's just the cleaning solution they use in here. I have a little allergy, it. It's nothing other than that.
0: Well, in the era of COVID... Yeah, uh, I know. That's it, why
1: you have to say it. Everyone gets nervous yeah. just because you do something 365 days a year, you do any... Other day, except 2020. So anyway, yeah, yeah, you absolutely. Get it. uh,
0: yeah. Otherwise, it's considered throat clearing. Yeah, now it's considered near panic. Well, in this die. case, yeah, in
1: this is I think it yeah. is. It, it's it's COVID response. It's like all the fallout. Yeah, yeah. from it's the response. It's just this cleaning solution they use to make sure everything is super sterile
0: around here. Yeah, I'm, I've done that several times. I cough and I go, and I immediately everybody looks at me, and I'm just clearing my yeah. throat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know what yeah. my producer says when he coughs? Yeah.
0: Well, listen. With- my
1: producer says COVID-18.
0: COVID? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, I I had several subjects. That yeah, all that's fine. Proposed. we got time for you. Okay. Um, uh, you know, in listening to uh, Weicker and you talk, he can be, you know, when you listen to him, that could be considered depressing, but I think it's it's so overdue some honest, hard discussions, which is why I've kind of opted recently. I'm sure you've noticed that drop away from the uh, philosophical underpinnings of the economy and socialism to the more hard assessments of us as conservatives. It's not to be negative, but we got to grow up as conservatives because we got some hard things that have to be addressed here coming up. You bet. And I think, thank God for Weicker for that, that, so I had I had a couple statements that uh in in areas of discussion um and they both tie together with China which I think uh needs to be talked about but uh one is <clears throat> that um we basically the, the the reason let me back up is the reason I think that the liberals and the leftists do not fear why they are such good friends with the um Mitt Romney's and the other types, in the vast majority of the establishment Republicans, the ones who quickly kneel to Black Lives Matter, and who want to befriend themselves and stop any criticism from the communist-founded organizations. The reason the left doesn't uh, seem to attack them and they forego a lot of criticism is that many of our establishment Republicans, even though they talk conservative when they get on a show, they are basically placeholders. Mm-hmm. They're placeholders. And this is my assessment. I was trying to figure out why I'm criticizing my own party of 45 years so harshly. And here's why. The left advances. You can just even see, don't call the Biden's white doctor. And they assault and push and push and push and push. And they push. And they get more bureaucracy, more bureaucrats, more regulations. They push uh, more liberals into institutions. They push in the institutions. In other words, the left believes their ideology because they push to implement it. Mm -hmm. What happens when the Republicans get in, they become placeholders. No dismantlement of the left agenda occurs. Now, if anybody wants to argue with me, Show me where where the number of bureaucrats are reduced after they've been increased with the left. I don't care if it's the city. I don't care if it's the state. It's always a reduction in the rate of
1: growth, and they call that a reduction. Yes. Yes, right. It's always a reduction
0: in the rate of growth. The left is advanced, and our, our version of conservatism is to hold pat the left advancements. Until the left can take up the advancements again, and that's how we lost our institutions. Yep, is that we hold pat their advancements until they can take it over again, and then here's the here's what else we do on the as conservative we act shocked. We go oh my, oh my, shucky darn they did this again. Now. If we were as right, if we actually believed down to our core the way that the left believed it, we'd immediately start to dismantle. And we would. If the only person that has dismantled is Donald Trump, and that's why they hate him so yeah. much. He yeah. has reduced the federal bureaucracy by eighteen thousand—a yep. pittance. Yep. But it's the first time it's gone back. Right.
1: Right. No, I want you know, Republicans. We're who, placeholders. Yeah, no, I want. I like Republicans. Uh, you used to see more of them who were eager and rolled up their sleeves and couldn't wait to go and, you know, eat communists or break the bureaucracy or create some kind of opportunity. You know, your Newt Gingriches, your Vin Webber's, your Bill Bennett's, your Jack Kemp's, they just woke up every morning excited to go do stuff. Oh, and you oh, don't get yeah. the sense of what rolling up the sleeves and getting ready to go do stuff is from too many conservative uh, nope, elected leaders that, right now. You just don't get that feel.
0: No, where's you the reform even caucus? With, you know? No, no. Even people we hold dear, yeah. even people yeah. you have yeah, on yeah, 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 that yeah, I admire, yeah. yeah count yeah. how much the bureaucracy went down when they were mayor. Yeah, none. Right, none. Right. Placeholder. Right. Yeah. Sweet, dear, dear.
1: No, we got to start advancing the ball because you can't. Win by continually playing defense, and yeah, we have the ball. Advance, advance it, either yeah. move it on them if or they they're moving it on you. And we play yeah.
0: told you bet. The left was guaranteed to win. You bet. The left is guaranteed to win.
1: You bet. Absolutely. Right. Now,
0: here's here's my so in that light, yeah. I would like to say that many of our free market, uh, free market people, and I'm a big you know capitalist, but I've come to realize that we have to have self serving capitalism, um, a total free market is is like saying uh well let's put it this way when we were fighting the soviet union and and we were fighting germany we didn't say free market would uh let's let everybody work with hitler and stalin and we'll change hitler and stalin we were just smart enough to realize they would receive the benefits and people like that aren't going to change So I have grown to conclude that all the libertarian free market stuff is nonsense, and Trump is 100% right, because we were going to change China, and I am coming to the conclusion, like many others, that Trump is right. China is changing us Mm -hmm. more than we are changing China. Right. And and I think PNTR was a big part of it.
1: I, I, I think that's been going on for a long time.
0: Wow. yes and with placeholders and with the reason in military terms you have to go to war with it with the army you have and if we're going to war a political war a cultural war um we have an army that basically says here's our here's our refrain it is not the refrain of the republic Uh, that it is the, this is not the hill to die on caucus. This Mm -hmm. is not the hill to, every issue is not the hill to die on until you realize there is no more hills, the left has them all.
1: Right, right, this is not the hill to die on, this is not the hill to die on, and then, of course, there's no one left to die. Right, I get it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
0: you know, and and so... Yeah, so we have to assess ourselves, and that means looking at ourselves. I was part of that caucus, and I realized I was so gall-darn accommodating, I lost half my principles. And like I said, there are many dear people that you have on the show and other people. They talk conservatives, but what advanced while they were there? I was thinking about what you said
1: as I go to break, Doug. Thank you. As I go to break, I was thinking of a quote Pope John Paul II put about capitalism, Of itself, an economic system does not possess criteria for correctly distinguishing new and higher forms of satisfying human needs from artificial new needs which hinder the formation of mature personality. Thus, a great deal of education and cultural work is urgently needed, including the education of consumers in responsible use of their power of choice and the formation of a strong sense of responsibility among producers." That's right. You can't have capitalism without morality, and um, you can't have any politics of meaning without morality. We'll be right back. Laura, don't go away. I'll tell you what's really simply the best is uh, Balance of Nature. My gosh, it's such a great product. I take it every single day, as you've heard me say, and it is responsible, I've no doubt, in a very stressful year with a lot going on of uh, being the first year in memory. I haven't gotten sick several times. I got sick zero times this year. Thank I, I credit Balance of Nature with one daily dose getting tens of thousands of vital nutrients from 100% whole food, plants, fruits, and vegetables, everything you need from mangoes to pineapples, spinach to kale, broccoli, garlic, you name it. In uh, reduced into these vegetarian capsules using their unique cold press process, you can open it up and sprinkle them, sprinkle it into food or drink if you don't like swallowing the capsules. I have no problem with it, but they have a great deal right now offering free shipping and thirty five percent off any new preferred order of their fruits and veggies. Give them a call at eight hundred two four six eight seven fifty one or go to balance of nature.com and use discount code balance. I truly can't say enough about it. Uh, this looks like a great call, Laura in Phoenix. Hi, Laura. Hi, Beth. How are How's you?
2: How's it going? Um, I'm so happy to talk to you. I I love your show, and I love how to- I love listening to you, and I love I love that you're just so rational. But I also love that you have the perspective of an educator because that's what I am. And I <clears throat> I know this isn't the topic you were talking about, but I can't keep my everything is on. a
1: topic. <laughs> everything here is a topic. I we never we 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 always find that whatever's on the mind of like-minded people. Um, even mm-hmm. if it doesn't seem to be the same species, it tends to be the same genus because they're interconnected somehow. So don't ever hesitate. But let me also just say thank you very much for your kind comments, Laura. Thank you.
2: Oh, you are welcome, and and thank you for. I think you're actually. I'm not. I'm not serious. I'm, I mean, I am serious serious. I think you're one of the most eloquent people I've ever heard. And so when you when when you have your opening, um, you know, your monologue, I just I just love it, and I listen to it, and I try to take notes and use as much of it as I can because there's one thing that I know and that's truth when I hear it and when I hear truth I I know, I just know it you know and so I don't like to be fooled and I don't like to lie and I don't like lies and so um, that's what brings me kind of to this topic great I'd like to just give you a just a quick really quick background sure. of where i come from sure I'm um, so I'm you know a middle-aged woman but and I have four children of my own but I I uh, was a social worker for several many years before I raised my kids for a while then I went back to work and I also was a therapist and I'm bilingual so I I um um I I work with a lot of Hispanic fam mostly Hispanic families when I was a therapist and so I I got here in Phoenix um like 20 some years ago and I went into a lot of homes hundreds of homes I'm sure and so I have, you know, a very good understanding of how those cultures work. Mm-hmm. And, um, but also having lived in the real, I say the real world, real, world because sometimes I don't think as teachers we really do in a way, in a weird way. Um, and, um, I was just commenting the other day, I'm like, we go to this, you go to the store, they have all these mugs about how great teachers are yeah. and how wonderful they are. Well, they are wonderful, but they're so self, I mean, we're, we are as a group, so we just think that we are just the most, Wonderful thing in the whole world. I, I don't, I don't want to like be mean to my fellow teachers. You don't. Because, you don't see it's...
1: mugs with. Um... With thing with statements like that for cops and firemen, interestingly, right, I just, exactly. You just don't. It's, it's like just we interesting. We pat ourselves yeah. on the
2: back like yeah. no other group or military. And because, like I said, because I worked in another field, I have a different perspective. Yeah. When you know, not to, I'm not going to change subjects, but when people, when when all the teachers are complaining about COVID and how scared they are, my thought is, as having been a, a different career, my thought is always, well, go get another job. Because you're getting paid to do the job, so and you don't have to go to work. You just get another job if you're that scared, or you know, do what it takes to be safe. But don't don't scream and yell that you know this is not right when the grocer goes to work every day. We we you know that's that's in- that's
1: such a key point, and I keep forgetting to make it. Every once in a while, someone reminds me. You know, everyone else uh-huh. seems to go to work. And serving populations that are much more communicating of the virus, by the way. Oh,
2: my, 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 one of my best friends is a Phoenix police officer. And she, she touches, you can't imagine what she touches. And here I am, you know, with a mask, and takes people, places I'm I'm not, this is insanity. But, so we are very, well, patting on the bottom of the board, but we pat ourselves in the back a lot as a group. And um, and that's um, not to say you are not wonderful because they are, but it's important to draw that line at some point. And go, okay, you're not that great. You're great, but you're not that great because um, you know <laughs> kids learn that material even if you're not there. Usually, the kids who want to learn are going to learn. Mm-hmm. So, but here's my thing. I actually called. But you, they do I need was, direction,
1: I and I think that's the important yes. thing. They do need. Su- yeah. They need supervision. They need three things: supervision, direction. And a good curriculum. I I was fascinated by studies some uh, years ago out of Stanford by my friend Eric Hanishek on what the value of a good teacher brings not only to a student, not only to a classroom, not only to a school, but to an economy. It's oh. it, it's an amazing thing when you have an excellent teacher in a classroom a teacher of excellence it, it, it can mean literally over the lifetime of that child and the classes that go before that teacher trillions of dollars to a country Oh
2: my god Trillions word. I have trillions. no idea Yeah Oh well, you need to put that up on your I website. will I'll go, I'll get him
1: back on to do on it Holly. it's fascinating stuff Anyway sorry go ahead Love
2: well, okay. So I, I could. I honestly, I called you a long, long time ago, talking about uh, the race in the classroom, and you told me to watch a video that, that the problem with and You said, watch this video that they put out about the children who had to wear the collar—blue eyes, brown
1: eyes, or something like that. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yes, I watched it. it. It blew my mind. It blew my, my mind too. It, it blows well, my mind. Right. Yeah.
1: right. Yes, and so couldn't do it today. Uh, and, by the way, you couldn't do it today.
2: No. Oh my goodness. So that's what brings me to my point. Okay. So I teach. A lot of, and I listen, I just don't want to monopolize the phone. Cause You're can, not. This I is great stuff. This is, my is. this is where my heart is. This is where my okay, heart is. I know. That's why I like listening to you. Oh, okay. And um, so I teach many levels of Spanish, probably um, all of them, minus the first year. And I teach AP. And I am about to lose my mind because what happened when I went back to become a teacher, I went to um, get my post back. And um, I had to take a class. You probably are familiar. And there's a book called Understand- A Framework for Understanding Poverty.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And have you heard of that book?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. It is incredibly, it's amazing. It's by Ruby Payne. And it, it taught me a lot about social classes and how things work and what's valuable to them. But every time I would read about the poverty in the poverty group, because it had like what the, wealth, what the people who are wealthy off, Do and what they value. For example, they value, uh, like, um, you know, investments, whereas middle class, we value labels. Mm -hmm. And poverty, they take their money and they spend it today because tomorrow it's gone. Mm -hmm. And so. You know, when, when I was reading all of the different values of poverty, in my mind, and I, I mean this just because of my experience, I've lived all over the, the United States and, and over the world, so I've had a lot of life experience, but I kept thinking, this sounds like, like really big populations of Blacks, mm-hmm. of African Americans, like mm-hmm. the way that they behaved and the things they valued, like humor was one of their most valuable traits, mm-hmm. and, and and so, but it never made that distinction in the book, mm-hmm. and that's fine with me. The mm-hmm. distinction was between what students that came into your classroom would be lacking and which ones in what would they wouldn't not what well yes what they were lacking and so that's fine i didn't care because it doesn't matter what color skin you have it it, it's about poverty Mm -hmm. and i thought that it was accurate Mm -hmm. well i want you to know that every the college board which i'm sure you're familiar with they they um basically tell all of your everybody out there all of your um high school students they they make the for the classes and they just came out with a letter they're the terrible letter
1: says, I, I have a feeling it's going to be terrible hold it and give us the punchline okay. on the other side yes laura okay. yes all right i, yes, I have yes. a feeling knowing what i know of the college board i have a feeling it's going to be horrible we'll be right back you just can't be in a bad mood when holly buddy holly is singing i love that about him or Laura, Laura is um, is a teacher here talking to us a little bit about the culture war. Thanks for waiting, Laura, in Phoenix. I appreciate your patience. Uh, you were telling us something about the college board right before the break.
2: Yes. So I was with some friends last night, and I was lamenting about the culture war at school and how I just feel like we're losing it. And, and, and it's it's very interesting when um i have some kids who will come up to me later and say you know what thank you so much for saying that because nobody else would say that and i and i i guess i'm a little bit bold but i feel like i I feel that they need to hear other things and so sometimes i will be a little bit bold yeah so um Anyway, they sent out a survey and this, and I don't know much about, I don't know very much about it because I've been doing it for just six years. So you probably know more than me, but they send what, it, what they're doing is they're preparing kids for school and I've noticed that the, um, that the classes are getting more and more diversified, you know, and, and, and they're becoming, it's to the point where like, why, why do we need to be teaching such ty- just very, very, um, specific things in high school. It's why don't we save it for college and let the kids focus on the you know, the, the, the meat and the potatoes of education now? But they're not. They have all these classes. So this new email is called A Dream Deferred, The Future of African American Education Virtual Con- uh, a Conference. So this is going to be held in March. And um, here's what it says. And I just, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but this just really didn't fit right with me. Attend the breakout sessions that will cover the impact of COVID nineteen on African American students and access and equity to rigorous. Oh wait, of education through a social justice lens. And I and and then they're committed to you know equity and so forth. And I and they had sent me a survey about uh, about a week ago that it, that said. We would like to know how you feel about it. How do you feel about these new classes we've offered? And then the next question, here's some possible new courses. And then the next question was, What do you think about offering a studies in African American history starting from like sixteen nineteen or something? Mm-hmm. And I and then and yes, and so they were really kind of preparing the stage to basically tell us that's what we're gonna offer. And then I said no, I would not be interested in teaching it. Then they wanted me to explain why I wouldn't and I started typing and I just I just didn't even know what to do (laughs) because that's problematic because it's going to be a big problem. So why are we addressing this now? Why are we doing this in high school? And why are we looking at education through a social justice lens?
1: Right. Uh, Because that now is what education has become, hasn't it? It's uh, the way You see it in higher education more directly or, you know, a college and university level education much more directly. It's much more subtle in elementary and secondary. Right. But you do Mm -hmm. see it much more uh, tangibly in higher ed that it's not to educate anymore. It's educate in a direction. It's really more propagandizing Mm -hmm. than educating. Um, And it's it's the kind of education that really turns a lot of understandings on their head. Uh, You know, you used to be able to teach, I don't know, in my field, uh, political philosophy, political theory. You could teach, um, unapologetically, you would take courses and teach something like Aristotle and the Nicomachean Ethics. And that gets Mm -hmm. tossed out in the name of social justice or in the name of uh, multiculturalism because it evidently doesn't – Bring into or put enough value on minority interests as if it was white justice, Aristotle mm. was talking about it, mm. it, and, and, and you're going to start seeing more and more of this in the elementary and secondary level, even when it comes to hard scientists, hard science 'm hard sciences yeah. and language arts. As if, as if there's a, um, a particular color that matters when you're teaching a foreign language. As if there's cool. a particular color that matters when you're teaching uh, Euclidean uh, ma- geometry or math, right? And why we have to inject this, I have no idea. But it comes, I think, originally from the New York Times. This summer, the New York Times did a series on reimagining education, and it was interesting. They were very, they were very uh, bold about what they said, unapologetically so. The sentence I'll never forget it. I did a monologue, on I'll go, I'll go find it on the break. They did, a, they did a, they did a series. The first, the first part of which said, "The problem in education today is white parents." White parents. White parents are the problem in education wow. today. Well, They're very bold well, about that. this, Laura. I got to take a quick break. Hold on. I'll come okay. back on this. Hold on. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. If you're in the real estate market, either trying to sell your house or trying to buy a house, I want you to check out my friend James Wexler of JMG Real Estate. He has a proprietary and state-of-the-art marketing technology. He has a private database of homes that will be soon going on the market, helping you avoid complicated bidding wars. He's the only realtor in Scottsdale with over 500 five-star reviews. That's unheard of, 500 five-star Star Reviews. He guarantees to sell your home at market value or he'll pay the difference. And he can also make you an upfront guaranteed offer on your home within 24 hours. Give James Wexler a call at 480 386 0711 or visit him online at jameswexler.com. That's James Wexler, W E X L E R.com. Important call from Laura. I'm keeping you a little uh, longer than um, than most, Laura, because this is so important what you're getting at and what's changing. America through the education system um, and you know it's it's it 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 happened while many of us weren't paying that close of an attention and I'm not sure we still are people like you see it because you get these materials, whether from the college board or from the unions or from just the nonsense that comes out of a lot of school boards we've absented ourselves from the school boards, and we've now gone through a generation of Four million graduates of high school in America every year drenched in the kind of racial and social justice kind of education um, that they are given from day one, kindergarten through 12. Four million a year. That's going to have an effect on a country after a few years, never mind 30. Um, and, and, and unless we wake up, to what's going on in the classrooms, unless we Republicans or conservatives start taking education as seriously as the left has, we're going to be in a we're, we're, we're going to be in an irreversible place on this um, unless homeschooling somehow uh, explodes or charters somehow explode. Unfortunately, um, there's a natural cap to some of these things just based on the kind of time parents have and the kind of interests and abilities parents have. But un- unless that happens, we better get involved even if they're not about our students. Because it's all our country, it's all our territory as Lincoln said. You know, that even if you don't have stu- children, you still pay taxes, property taxes to fund your education system. You should have a say on what goes on in it. I want conservatives and republicans to maybe stop thinking so much about the big offices and start thinking about running for school board because it turns out that may be the biggest office there is.
2: Oh, we have seen it in my district just this last couple of months, absolutely. And and my my last thought is this uh, that that I I I grow increasingly frustrated that the focus is on the African American kids when I teach uh, Hispanic kids and white kids, more Hispanic just because of their situations that are just. Just as disadvantaged or more. And we do not address the problem in being poverty and why are they in poverty. We don't address the root of those problems, which we know has to do with the family structure and other things. Instead, we're talking about just like what kind of, who's on welfare or what color their skin is. But we need to talk about such bigger, deeper matters. And so, why are we overlooking that? I I, I could tell you stories of kids that are, I have a student who's carrying a baby. While she's doing her online class, she's yep. watching all of her little brothers and sisters while mom and dad are work. Right. And you can't tell me that's not poverty and she's not black.
1: The um, unfortunate thing that too many don't want to talk about when we talk about whether it's welfare reform, well, I'll take welfare reform for a moment. The, the unfortunate thing we, 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 don't, we don't seem to want to deal with or talk about is that it affects every American. And in fact, there are more white people, of course, if you think of it in these terms, of course, there are more white people uh, on it and affected by it than minorities, although it has devastated uh, minority communities, perhaps disproportionately. That may be the fairest statement to say. But when we start thinking about dividing Americans in racial terms, we have to understand the wand of success, just like the wand of failure doesn't it doesn't think in color it passes over every child's head regardless of where they were born or what color their skin is or their eyes for that matter that was the point of that lesson wasn't it uh from um yeah. it was one, it, did it take place in iowa it took place in iowa i believe in the 1960s yeah. that was the lesson yeah. there these things mm-hmm. are you know endemically human they are endemically teachable and unteachable And that's Mm -hmm. the thing that we conservatives have forgotten. You can teach just as well as you can unteach. And we have a lot of unteaching to do. And then we need to engage in a great, great relearning, to use a phrase as Tom Wolfe's. But if we don't get to it soon, you know, every year I'll give you the number every year. You know, the number four million every year. We are putting four million students out from high school into this world, drenched in right at the age of you know 18 or so right at the age where they vote some of them get their first job some of them go off to college or junior college some of them may join the military right as they become you know responsible citizens and at the same time that same year we put out another four million college graduates drenched in even worse stuff so eight million a year that's the number that we are uh, putting into society
2: well, we have to fight. We have to show kids U. It's a great. great
1: PragerU a, a is is a great palatable. start. It's one of the greatest things the conservative movement has seen or done in the last thirty years that I can think of.
2: Agreed, and it's palatable for a kid that age. and I've shown it before, and um, unapologetically, I've Good. shown it before. And um, I feel like if I can ask, if I can just start a little bit in a few kids, they will come up to me. I had a kid last week come up to me and say, "I told the kids, you guys." If you're if you don't have any health issues, you're not going to die of COVID because I had kids having panic attacks. Yeah, of course,
1: back. of course, we and have scared said, the hell out of our children. I think it's psychological abuse. Death. I think it's First mental abuse.
2: You no, know, my friends, I told my friends last night at dinner. I've had five students that I know of try to commit suicide this year, and I've had two of them die in an accident killed by another student who was depressed. And I said. You know, the thing of it is, I said to the girl, you're not going to die if you don't have a pro-, you know, any underlying health conditions. She came up. I said the whole class, she came up and said, thank you so much. Thank girl.
1: you. Will say One anything. person with the truth can change the world. That is your, that's that's your, that's your Archimedean lever. Laura, stay close because the things you're, you're on top of and you're talking about, they're truly the most important things. It goes to the air we breathe and whether we're going to be able to breathe We'll be right back. Thank you, Laura. Thanks for spending some of your afternoon with us, lad. Call back tomorrow. I want to take your call. I just I ran out of time, but it looks fascinating. So make sure and let us uh, have a shot with you tomorrow. I was just thinking about some of what Laura was talking about and the way we divide um, ourselves and separate ourselves. And who asked for it? Who asked for it? I think elites asked for it. I don't think originally it was a big part of the civil rights movement or even the African-American community. I'll tell you, you you know the word woke. Very few people know the origin of the word woke, but it, it's from a 1962 op-ed in the New York Times by one writer, black writer named William, William Melvin Kelly. And I'm going to quote you from what he was saying in 1962, pardon again the vernacular of the time, but um, it was – he invented the phrase and he said – he noticed that there was this appeal, marketing appeal to African-Americans or what he called the American Negro on certain kinds of clothes, certain kinds of language, and he wrote, the black man, quote, wants to be completely accepted in American life. He dreams of living in a good neighborhood, driving a nice car, sending his children to a good school, making a decent living. He realizes that anything which sets him apart will keep him apart. Now, how did he invent the word woke? Um, it was his title of the op-ed. No Mickey Mouse can be expected to follow today's Negro idiom without a hip assist. If you're woke, you dig it. Um, The whole notion of woke when it came to us in the 60s was not about separating and not about dividing. It was being accepted in American life. The things most children naturally want in America, safety, good neighborhood, driving a car if they think about things in terms of cars, a good school, a decent living. We don't want to be set apart from one another we just don't want that naturally. Difference does not happen naturally. Go watch that, uh, Iowa, that, Iowa, um, te- uh, that Iowa experiment. I think it's called Brown Eyes, Blue Eyes. You'll find it on YouTube. It'll blow you away. Until tomorrow, God bless you. And class dismissed.